The Nerd and Tie Podcast is, unsurprisingly, a part of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. For more podcasts, from actual play to true crime to witchcraft, go to nerdandtie.com. Or you can join our Discord by finding an invite at nerdandtie.com slash discord. Did you know you could sponsor Nerd and Tie? That's right. For just $20, we'd say your name here. We'd say how great we think you are, and we'd tell you how you look kicking in those jeans. Just go to nerdandtie.com and click on the Sponsor Us button on the website. That's what the button is for. If you didn't know, if you saw that button, we're like, what is that button for? That's, that's what that button is for. On this episode of Nerd and Tie, something's going to happen. Probably. Maybe. We might talk about things. I'm sure Trigon's going to come up. Uh, maybe Tetris. I don't know. Stuff. All that and more. Plus other stuff on this month's episode of Nerd and Tie. Welcome to Nerd and Tie, your only, the only podcast on the internet with a dress code. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dorn. Joining me as always are Celeste Star Twin. That's a me. And nobody else this month because Gen's doing stuff. <laughs> we needed to record the March episode, but Gen's out the whole unavailable the whole last week of March. So this Yeah, we're we are Genless. We are without Gen, and I'm heartbroken over it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so so you just get you get Tradorn and Celeste Star Twin present this this thing. Whatever I Whatever it has not been a big I, I feel like it hasn't been a big like last couple of months for Yeah. last month or so for like I for the the nerd scene. I don't know about you. I I I've mentioned on the show before. I just haven't really gone to movie theaters, yeah, so I haven't seen Shazam. I haven't yeah. seen Ant Man. Yeah, same. I'm so bad. Well, here's the thing: is it's like okay, so if three years three years ago this month we did uh -huh. the big uh, Nerd and Tie Network show where we brought in people from a bunch of other shows because of COVID, because we didn't have any like convention news to talk about because the pandemic right. had started, and uh, like. <laughs> I, I feel like it's like I still have yet to reach the point where I'm comfortable going into a movie theater. It just has not happened. And uh, it we're about a month too early for the drive-in to have started. Like, once the drive-in opens up, I'm going to be going to movies. I'm going to go to every movie I can. But we're not there yet. Like, I haven't seen Dungeons & Dragons yet. I want to. I'm actually considering like uh, that's that's one where I'm legit considering using a because I've been really busting tail at work lately. I've been thinking about using a vacation day and like my wife and I could just go to the matinee for Dungeons and Dragons because I actually want to see that. That do, looks really fun. Do your local like, theaters have matinees during the my, not during the they, summer? They do. They wow. they have matinees and or at least they did before COVID. I haven't really checked recently, yeah, but that's check. like how how I saw the movie Bumblebee was. I I went to a matinee and I was like one of four people in the theater, and uh, now I watch that movie too often. I just remember <laughs> growing up like it, like a lot of the theaters uh, didn't do matinees during the week, not when it wasn't the summer. 
I don't know what it is. Like in Janesville, for the, they've. I mean, we the, live in the one theater we have has them. Well, I mean, you, you know, we live in the modern age where you can check showings online, so it's not like you know, back in the day when we had to like, I, you, I once showed up to a theater and they didn't have a matinee during the week, and I was very disappointed. But it was like that was the '90s where you know, you would either have to call the theater or usually what you did is you looked at the newspaper listings, and yeah, you you if you wanted to know what was playing in the movie theaters, you'd go grab the newspaper and find the ads where they would show what was playing at the movie theaters. Well, I, I think that's I, the world I, I grew up in. And so, yeah, <laughs> I, I think I mentioned previously that like uh, the I have gone to a theater in recent memory, but it's been going up to Madison and seeing foreign films. Uh, and I think and mostly Japanese films and the one that had like the largest actual audience in it, which much to my surprise was uh, Shin Ultraman. Uh, hmm. That actually had a pretty decently full theater. I mean, granted, it was, you know, uh, the creator of Evangelion and his longtime uh, co-conspirator Shinji, Shinji Higuchi um, giving Ultraman the Shin Godzilla treatment. Yeah. Um, so that was really an amazing movie. I'm really glad I got to see it. But yeah, aside from that, I've been I've largely been like a, a, avoiding the theater as well except for like i said my my occasional foreign films and even then uh i saw the most recent dragon ball film in theaters but i went to see it in japanese partly because i don't care for the english dub and also because uh i you knew um, it would be the less people there there, I knew there would be less people there because I am in the vast minority of the Dragon Ball fandom, um, in at least in America, that does not like the English version uh, at all. It's, <laughs> I swear to God, Dragon Ball is the only modern anime fandom where, um, the, where the fans don't just prefer the bad translation, but actually actively ask for a bad translation. It's infuriating. You know, aren't, haven't you met multiple members of the Dragon Ball cast? I have. Um, They're lovely people. I, I, I feel bad saying that, but like, guess what? Doesn't change the fact that it's, it is a, there are some very talented people who have been given garbage scripts oh my god for years you are <laughs> you are so lucky that we are not popular enough for any of them to hear you say that <laughs> i i know i know i recognize that no like i no it, it, i mean i'm i don't want to like name drop but everyone i've met from that dub are like the nicest freaking people really i mean that completely sincerely um Aside from, uh, like, the one who stepped up for Vic Mignogna and got into some QAnon stuff. Um, <laughs> oh, He yeah. voiced Android 17. Anyway, uh, that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. God. Uh, he's also the good... Oh, who am I kidding? I, I can't. I can't not give credit to where credit is due, not to the man who uh, when asked to uh, in the Vic Mignogna trials, uh, his best defense for his friend was Vic Mignogna is not a pervert. He's a sex addict. (laughs) I forgot about that. 
I will never forget that. I forgot that is about the that. greatest. That is the greatest defense anyone has ever given a, a, a sex I'm pest. Just like yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> just. You know, both of them, both of those people I just mentioned are are guesting at a a convention at a middle school very soon. So that's that's exciting. Oh boy, no. Oh boy. I feel like that's No, really. Worse. That's so bad. Yeah, no, it's very bad. No, uh um Vic's Vic preferred and, audience. Yeah, Vic's preferred audience. Vic Mignana and Chuck Huber are going to be at a uh, at a convention at a middle school. Um I found out about that from uh um the Twitter account of Mars Girl who's just I I haven't been on Twitter in months. I I I don't know what's wrong with me. I have a <laughs> I keep using this this goddamn bird site uh despite the fact that, you know, it's owned by a literal a literal turd. <laughs> with fake hair. With fake hair. Like that's like the least terrible thing I could say about him though. Like, you know, I yeah, it's any anything you ever see on my Twitter account is probably automated at this point. It's uh, although my Tumblr no longer posts my Twitter because Tumblr turned off their auto Twitter post because Twitter did their whole API thing. Yeah, well, I think Tumblr was in the right. I honestly do. I <laughs> yeah, no, it's Tumblr is my primary social network now. That is that is where I I'm pretty much spending my time. I have been back on Tumblr. I mean, p- people may have noticed. Um, I, I did. Yeah, I, like you don't post I, that I, much. I, I, you don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't post too much. But you know, I mostly, um, I'm I, you know, it's largely um, uh, fate, fate stuff, Kunihiko Ikuhara appreciation. Uh, the occasional classic anime uh, love or in jokes, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, anything about Bridget from Guilty Gear? Um, I'm pretty. That's mostly what I've been doing with <laughs> with Tumblr lately. Yeah. No, it's uh. God, what were we even talking about? It started with my saying uh, mean things about the Dragon Ball dub. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, I was talking about how I don't go to movies. Um... Yeah, it's not going to movies. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I don't know, the movie I'm most excited, but, but it means, like, every time there's a really good streaming movie, I get really excited about it, like, Same. during the winter. Like, I'm I'm super hyped for the Tetris movie, which is coming out on Friday on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, Why does that look so good? I don't, you yes, do remember we so made good. fun of that on this show. When that, we did. We did. It's, I gotta, I gotta look it up. When did we make fun of that? Because, like, it was not... It was so not. Long. It was not clear that that movie was. Maybe we just made fun of it on this. It. Yeah, they're they're making. God, they originally wanted to make a trilogy. Twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. I think there was uh, the mega blog. I don't think we actually talked about it on the show. Well, maybe we did. Yeah, yeah in twenty sixteen. I... I think we might have talked about it. Um, yeah, we talked about it on like episode. We first talked about it on the terror. We first talked about it back in episode thirty-one in twenty fourteen, 
Wow. And then it came up again in 2016. Like, this goes back to, like, we were, oh, boy. Um, so, yeah, we've been we've been talking about, like, there's some, because, and, and it's because everyone thought it was going to be, like, somehow trying, you know, when you hear a, a movie based off a video game, you think it's going to be, like, a video game movie, you know, like, Uncharted or something like that. And right, it's like, how, right. what are they going to do? No, it's because they're made, they didn't make a movie like a a Tetris they made a movie about the creation of the game and the license this the crazy licensing story which honestly that sounds excellent to me it that does. sounds really exciting god i'm looking and... through i'm looking through these old news posts apparently <laughs> they wanted to make a trilogy at one point i don't think that's happening this is yeah i, I for all we know like I don't like. I'm really glad that we're it. It looked we're getting the movie that this looks like. But for all we know, maybe back in 2016, that actually was the plan to try to make a story out of arrange the blocks. I we don't. I mean, pre-production processes on movies have been weirder. Yeah, it's. Yeah, Ghostbusters no, it, like, was a movie it's... about time travel at one point. Like, <laughs> okay, so actually, like this was originally a sci-fi. Like the production was originally untitled Tetris sci-fi project. Okay, yeah. So there we're not we crazy. Go. We're not crazy. The Tetris movie was originally going to be, like, the original pitches with the the rights for Tetris. The Tetris film rights were, okay. I feel less crazy. Like, now I'm trying to figure out was this connected to the original like tetris movie rights project like that's what i have to find out <laughs> because this is this whole thing is crazy okay so yeah this is this has got to be a separate project like than the sci-fi movie because this one was announced in like 2020 Mm-hmm. okay so this has got yeah yeah cuz the original plans were all a sci-fi movie that the claims that the film was going to be shot in China in 2017 with an 80 million dollar budget although <laughs> no 2017 or later sources confirm that the film actually went into production okay and so yes, yeah, so this is it's got to be completely separate. It's a completely unrelated development and project. Who? Because I will tell you when I saw the when I saw the trailer for the Tetris movie, I was like, "Wait, is this what they've been trying to make for years?" Because <laughs> this would act like I'm like, "Oh, well, I get this as a movie, but it appears that they're unrelated projects." Okay, so that. That's less exciting, but also, like, at least I'm relieved that, like, because I was reading these old articles that I wrote, because, <laughs> you know, back when we did the mega blog, when we used to do, mm -hmm. like, daily news articles, I was so negative on the entire idea of a Tetris movie. Like, the headlines are things like, it's not a joke, the Tetris movie is coming. Reminder, they're still making a Tetris movie. And it get 
it gets worse. They're making a trilogy of Tetris movies because that was the last news story to, that we saw. To be fair to you, though, to be fair to you, though, what the pitch for the sci-fi movie is is still a stupid idea. Yeah, I, it is. <laughs> well, no, the best part is is that actually there's this really funny um, fake trail. There, there have been like multiple fake Tetris the movie trailers made over the years. Mm-hmm. I think the black20.com one is the funnier one. But uh like if if you go back in our archives back there the October 1st 2014 article it's not a joke the Tetris movie is coming. I think I linked in a couple of different fake trailers that had been around for like the beginnings of YouTube. <laughs> um because there have been so many fake Tetris the movie trailers. So, yeah, um yeah. So I, I I am excited for that. I'm excited for, the, but it's going to be streaming because so like I'll actually get to watch it. Like because I've been keeping up with the Marvel movies, but I haven't watched Ant Man yet because I haven't watched them until they come to streaming. You know, so like I've seen Wakanda Forever, but I haven't seen Ant Man yet. Right. You know. Same. So, like that's why I'm looking forward to the summer because it's gonna we're gonna get some nice weather. I'm gonna get to take the new truck up to the drive-in. And, uh, you know, my wife and I will, like, start seeing movies most weekends, you know, at the drive-in. It's fun. Hard agree. Yeah. The, I don't know, it, it's been, I just, I guess I've been having, uh, movies in general, it's been harder for me to get enthused about going to theaters other than for those weird like unique experiences, I guess. I've been a lot more of a, I've been on a lot more of a TV kick lately, I guess. Okay. Um, I did. Uh, following up on our last episode, I did catch up with Picard. Oh. Um, and by catch up, I mean I actually just skipped season two entirely, and I didn't actually finish season one. Season three seemed like fun, so I just went straight to that. It is. I like. I like the rest of season one, and I like season two. Um, I. It's not that I, th- there might be a point where I'll go back to it, but I wanted something that I could enjoy with my, my partner, with my spouse and season one, she just found boring and all, everything I'd been seeing about season three just looked like it tripped my trigger. Well, in season and three, I'm, season three, like the, the thing about the show is it's largely like almost anthology like it's each mm-hmm. season's kind of its own story so like there are carryover characters like they're the the only thing i was disappointed with season three is that rafi's the only member of the main cast who carried over to the third season mm. i mean laris we get briefly at the beginning in the first episode but you know like they're they're a bunch of you know well i guess seven seven you know and my brain doesn't think of seven as a picard character but she was a main character throughout the first two seasons so it's like yeah okay so seven and rafi are the only two picard like the there there are a couple other characters in that first season who i really liked and uh one of them with the I don't, i'm not going to spoil the second season well actually two yeah it's there's no way those characters could have come back i guess that's true the way the second season ended but mm. it's still you know 
No, I I get it, and I absolutely understand where you're coming from. Like, I guess I get why you can jump into season three because it does feel like they went like, okay, we did a Picard show for two seasons. Now we're just gonna do a swan song for next gen. Yeah, the the thing that they literally that uh, several of the cast members said they wanted after they were disappointed by how Nemesis turned out to get their own undiscovered country, which yeah. I'm. I mean, right up to and including uh, fighting uh, a member of the Plummer family. It's it's very good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I do have a copy of the director's cut on DVD of Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country in my office. It's one of my favorite movies. Well, I, made I, a I had to hunt down the it. director's cut. Oh, really? Okay. Well, because the DVD box set of the um, original series movies has the theatrical cut of Six. Gotcha. And I grew okay. up like I had seen the theatrical cut of six, but I grew up watching my VHS copy of six, which is the director's cut, which so like when I watched my DVD of six and I was like, OK, and they're going to do the thing and pull off. Oh, that's not happening there. We're just moving past that. OK, that scene is not in this version. OK. Yeah, we that lose is that reveal. OK, weird. It's so it's I like I had to hunt down and at the time out of print DVD of the director's cut that just because like I want to have the director's cut. I want the director's cut. Forever. Yeah, I I also um I I also have the director's cut DVD of that one. It's like it's one of my again it's one of my favorite movies and I don't know how much of it is just the quality of the film itself versus. Um, it was actually the first of the original series movies I saw. Oh, wow. Because when I was a child, I did everything in exactly the wrong order. No, but it, <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's the best. Um, it, I, it's, it's been my favorite for a long time. And I watched those like, um, I didn't watch them in exact order. Um, because I think I saw Star Trek four before I star Star Trek's one, two and three. But I, like, because I grew up watching the original series, like before Next Gen existed, right? Right. My childhood was spent watching old episodes of. Because uh, remember, I was born in 1980. So when right. Little right. Trey is six years old, watching five years old and six years old watching Star Trek: The Original Series, the Next Generation does not exist. Uh, um, right. And so I, I saw Star Trek for in the drive-in actually ironically uh at a drive-in that no longer exists as a small child in the chicago area um mm. and uh that was the first star trek movie i ever saw um but then i like my parents when we eventually got a vcr we rented all of the the early ones um ah, okay and like because you know it's it was star trek we watched star trek it's my parents are really interesting because it's like i'm this massive nerd right like i i'm obsessed with like every class of you know i can tell you the difference between a burrell and a cavort class bird of prey all right like it's <laughs> i am i am very much like super hyper star trek is my primary fandom will always be my primary fandom i have i have multiple source books on my desk including some shane johnson stuff which not you know it's not canonical uh um but like and i know enough to be like oh yeah the technical manual is written by that guy no don't they're not canon uh, <laughs> <laughs> i would say you're 
I am someone. You don't who see Michael Okuda's a... name on the spine. Doesn't count. <laughs> I was someone really into building the model kits and stuff, and even I'm kind of in left in the dust by you on on some of the. Yeah. It... No, but my parents. Um, a lot of my parents stuff. who introduced me to this stuff, they like Star Trek the way they like any other normal TV show that they watch. Hmm. They watch Star Trek. They don't. They, they didn't. They didn't get into Lower Decks, but like they love Strange New Worlds. They watch Picard. They watch Discovery. Like they they don't watch Prodigy either. They don't watch the animated stuff right now, but. Like they they are very much like they watch Star Trek, but they watch it the way they watched The Good Wife. That's like, yeah, it's just just another TV show. It's a that, show that, that they is. like, and they watch it, and they go, "Oh yeah," and you can have like a conversation about the characters with it. Like they they know what happened, but they're not like, they're not like the the, the same way with Doctor Who. The Doctor Who one's the funnier <laughs> one because you do not expect. People like you, for American Doctor Who, like there there are two kinds of people usually with Doctor Who in America. People who are intensely into it or people who have never watched an episode and there's usually no in between. My parents, though, when they were young, it like when they were like first married and so in the 70s, you know, before they had kids, uh, didn't have a lot of like they didn't have cable, you know, what's the 1970s? And they they used to watch Doctor Who episodes on PBS because it was what they could watch. And so they got into watching Doctor Who on PBS rerun like on PBS airings of it in like the late seventies, early eighties. Mm. And so they became these Doctor Who fans. And so like they introduced me to old episodes of Doctor Who in the eighties as a kid. And I, of course, got weird and into it. And so it's like, no, like the same thing happened. Uh, like I not unlike that for my experience with a lot of the things my parents are into. I I don't think my I don't think my dad could tell the difference between a constitution class or and a constitution refit, for example. But like. He, my parents were the ones who got me into watching Star Trek because it was something I could watch with them and got really into, and I got really into it <laughs> in, in ways that I yeah. don't think they were prepared for. Well, was, you know, it's always funny. It's like growing up, my, my brother would talk to my dad about sports, and I'd talk to my dad about Star Trek. Mm. And... uh you know, it's, I'm, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like my, my whole, like, you know, because I'm, I'm not binary, but, you know, I, I blend with AMAB people pretty easily when I have to for survival. And, um, I don't know anything about sports. <laughs> so it's like my go-to, uh, Trey has to pretend to fit in with guys is, uh, cars. My dad doesn't really, mm. Even though my dad sold cars and he is knowledgeable about how they work, he's not like that's not an interest he has. Um, so it's like, like he knows about them, you know, as a person who used to sell cars, you know, professionally and things like that. And like, you know, it's not like he's like lost on it, but like he doesn't. Like, if my dad had a fandom, I would say it's sports. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, no. That makes. That definitely makes sense to me. Star Trek's the thing he likes. 
because it, it's funny. I was like, you know, I was like, oh, my dad's not into anything the way I am. And I was like, no, that's not true at all. It's not true at all. You get my dad talking about the Bears or the White Sox or the Bulls. He is full nerd. 100% nerd. It's just that he's, he also likes other things. And it's like, it, he, he's not full nerd about it. So I, I guess it is. It isn't out of nowhere. It's just on a. I'm. I'm. I went full nerd about a less socially acceptable thing. <laughs> no, I. I def- definitely understand that. I guess I'm. Like I'm trying now. I'm trying to think of like where a lot of my my nerddom tendencies came from. Like I. You know, early on, what I think it was is that even before I was really reading comic books, like, I loved making continuity connections between things. Yeah. Like, uh, the animated Marvel cartoons from the early 90s um, were shockingly interconnected when you really look at it. Like, the Spider-Man from Spider-Man animated series was from the was in the same universe with the X-Men from the X-Men animated series which wasn't as weird cuz both of them were on Fox Kids but also the Fantastic 4 from the Fantastic 4 cartoon, Iron Man from the Iron Man cartoon and the Hulk from the Hulk show that all three of those were syndicated not like contractually with the Fox network. All of those were in the same universe too. And I started noticing this because, like, Nick Fury would show up. I'm like, I know that guy, and he's even played by the same actor. Okay. Yeah. And I loved drawing those continuity things together. I just loved that kind of thing. And I guess... Yeah, but, but where like, does the Avengers cartoon fall in? <laughs> uh, that was that was years later, so oh, okay. it, it was... Uh, I don't remember what year anything happened, and if it happened before 2000. It was, uh, that one was after, and I know that because I had mostly grown out of Saturday morning cartoons and they were still airing it. Um, see, one of the best worst things that happened to my fandom was um, when I discovered anime. What do you like, mean grew um, out of cartoons? Wait, I was, wait, 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 wait. I was, okay, you, were su- you were supposed to grow to out of cartoons? Because I will I'm tell you, I watched this. the Avengers cartoon. <laughs> it's like in high I, school. I'm going to explain this. It's something I'm not proud of. I'm going to explain this one. Um, when I discovered anime, um, I discovered, like, on the upside, this was something that was really cool How for me. How old because were you it, when you discovered anime? When I first discovered anime, I was about nine or ten. Okay. So, like, baby Sally, um, on, it was, like, Robotech was the was the gateway drug yeah 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 that's why i have such a complicated relationship with robotech um because i didn't really appreciate that voltron was japanese you know i it didn't yeah i didn't understand that but robotech the the soap operatic nature of it made me wonder why it was so different from other cartoons and then i started finding out about this japanimation thing and i started getting into a lot more of this foreign animation stuff and unfortunately, a side effect of that was that I started becoming a shitty elitist about it. So, like, Baby Nick 
was absolutely um, one of those shitheads who were okay. like, it's not cartoons, it's anime. So gotcha. I legitimately, I am, this is one of the things I'm most ashamed of in my fandom. I did not watch the Bruce Tim Paul Dini Justice League TV show until after I had graduated from college. The fact that I, that I actually saw what is, in my opinion, to this day, still the best adaptation of the DC Universe happened because my wife was shocked that I hadn't seen it. I just realized the Avengers cartoon didn't come out until 99, the like fall of 99. I was out of high school. I was in college. Yeah, I I was, the only reason that I was even aware of it was uh, I saw ads for it on the, um, on the uh, bafflingly censored Fox Kids version of Escaflone. <laughs> um, well, let me... They, they should have never licensed Escaflone for Fox Kids. That's it's the censoring isn't the baffling part. It's the licensing it in the first place was the baffling part. It Well, that's, yeah, because, like, they took a shoujo, a hard shoujo um, isekai um, romance anime that happens to feature giant robots yep. and tried to cut around it to make the um, the love interest seem like the main character. If you're thinking this is a very bad idea, that's because it is. Um, incidentally, Nelvana, the same studio that would that uh, that had earlier animated those weird Star Wars cartoons uh, in the '80s, tried to do the same thing with Cardcaptor Sakura. Yeah, I remember Cardcaptors? Yeah. Um, then they gave up on it like about halfway through the series because it is impossible to yeah. make Sakura not the main character in that show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, Fox Kids didn't actually finish running Escaflone because it was just such a freaking lost cause. Um, you, you like trying to. Von Finel is a fine character, but he is not main character material. He's not. He tell me is the main character of that story. Trying to cut it as if she's not is absolutely ludicrous. And trying to pretend this show that is built foundationally upon like a teenage girl's feelings and obsession with tarot cards and to turn <laughs> that into and to turn that into a show for nine year old boys is just not a great plan. <laughs> But they tried it. That's a real thing that existed. Sure did. Well, you know, and it's it seems kind of funny that they, that they did that they, because like shows like Sailor Moon were successful already at that point and had been successes while still being, you know, still geared towards, you know, ostensibly geared towards girls, although, you know. Yeah, I mean, I knew many like... non-girls who enjoyed Sailor Moon. Well, uh, I mean, Sailor Moon is like the best. Fewer than example. I thought I did, as some have turned out not to be boys, but yeah, it's, <laughs> some a have bunch turned of out to be girls. Just but... transitioned, yeah. But no, you like hell. Some of us stayed Moon in the middle. <laughs> was unashamed of the fact that it was a show about girls for girls, and remember, uh, I mean, you might not remember this, but after it was in syndication, where it found new life was on Toonami, an action cartoon block, like, just 
they just put it right next to um, Dragon Ball Z and Gundam Wing, and no one batted an eye. Like, <laughs> it was just part of the lineup. Yeah. I, yeah, I... I, it's so weird to me that so many of these early attempts to localize anime were assuming that it was only a boy's thing and trying to take these, like, girl-focused properties and de-girlify it. It's nuts. And we all wanted Bob Floyd ice cream, but <laughs> it will always stick out in my head. That and the uh, the one time there was like I think the English text was like a part of the with like lyrics to Danger Zone. Yeah, uh, Ami um, Ami prints out a what she says is uh, files from NASA for one of her classmates, and if you look at it, it's it's just Danger Zone. It's literally, <laughs> yeah. it's literally just the lyrics to Danger Zone. Uh, Gundam Wing did something similar. Um, the uh, there's like this uh, big military plan that Trace Kushranada is unveiling, and it's like the terms of service screen from a Mac computer. <laughs> it's it's really good. Um, I explaining early explaining the Wild West of early anime localization is still so delightfully insane for me like i i'm not saying all english dubs are great or amazing these days but it still cracks me up when i see young younger fans talking about how oh the english dub is never as good and i'm just in this corner being like listen have you seen listen. venus wars i'm sorry have you seen for, venus wars that dub's amazing <laughs> um hey you know actually Film preservation selling has to point this out. Um, the Blu-ray, the really nice special edition Blu-ray of the Venus Wars, mm -hmm. does not have the original dub on it. <sighs> they re-recorded the dub for Venus Wars. I still have my VHS copy. It's okay. It. <laughs> I actually really like that movie. <laughs> I, I unironically, you know, it's not great like it's i don't know i haven't watched so here's the problem i haven't watched venus wars in over 20 years it's i <laughs> i haven't rewatched it since the 90s so like 23 or 24 years like is the last time i probably pulled out venus wars and watched it and it's i love the mix of live action footage with animation that they do for some of the monobike scenes i will always be angry about the name monobike I will I, always be mad that they called it a monobike because, like, obviously, you know, because motorbike, the mo the bike is two. So, so when you're keeping the bike, the by part of bike, the bicycle, it's, um, they could have gone with, I mean, if it, it's mixing, you know, Latin and Greek words, they could go with monocycle. Mm-hmm. They call you know like if they wanted to, but monobike as a as a term has bothered me since childhood. I mean, I I guess we're there's only so much that we can like blame on English not being Yoshikazu Yasuhiko's first language, but but there is a line um, in the dub which will always stick out to me as the thing that I heard as a middle schooler going like, 
did they just say that? And that's, that's why they call them scanties. And that will stick out in my head forever as this thing that I'm like, did I just hear that line said out loud on Sci-Fi <laughs> Channel? <laughs> uh, you know, um, the director of Venus Wars was the same guy who wrote the manga. And he literally hasn't he didn't um after the venus wars he did not direct a movie again until 2022 wow yeah yeah he uh he came out of retirement for an anniversary movie for gundam because he was the character designer animation director and uncredited co-creator of the original series wow so he he directed a big old anniversary movie where the premise was uh that just this last year where the premise was that they took the one episode that they outsourced to another studio where the visual fidelity was so bad that the uh other director forbid it from being released outside japan <laughs> and they made a feature length version of that episode <laughs> That was the other movie I saw in theaters last year. <laughs> <laughs> of course it was. Of course it was. Um, I don't know. It's like Venus Wars. Like I'm afraid to go back to it because I watched it so many times. Like I know the movie really well, um, but I I, I haven't I watched, watched it, it last year. And I thought it, I think it holds up. It holds up. Good. Okay. I well, think so. I'll have to go back to it and watch it again because it's like, but it's such a like a period of like that was one of the first anime like like when i was getting into anime like and like wanted to get into anime that was one of the you know because they, they put on that sci-fi channel like block of like that with like project aiko um and uh like that and... they ran ursa yatsura movie two and only movie two that was very strange but that, that I, was didn't, a I didn't see in that context there was originally like uh there was a Oh, okay, yeah. Well, there were three films they showed um, the first time Sci-Fi Channel aired anime. There were three shows in, in this marathon hosted by Ralph Bakshi. Um, because why is Ralph Bakshi hosting the I, anime marathon? Uh, he does animation, I guess. So it was... It was I'm Project... here for it. I'm not going to lie. I, I had this... You have to understand, I recorded this off of TV. So for years, I would just watch the versions I recorded off of TV on one VHS tape because I had them all recorded together. It was, it was um, Project Echo. Venus Wars and Dominion Tank Police. <laughs> like, and, and, and so it was like like the first Dominion Tank Police anime. So it was like those three things were aired together. I hope I'm remembering this correctly. I'm pretty sure I am. And then Ralph Bakshi hosts like doing these like in between like on the commercial breaks segments. And it is, it is in fact, where young Trey learned who Ralph Bakshi was. <laughs> learned who <laughs> Ralph Bakshi was. At the same time, uh, I've still never seen Wizards. Um, <laughs> Not missing much. I know. But uh, uh, that's... It, see, I, rem I remember finding uh, on the Sci-Fi Channel early in the morning, I found... Um, I, I, it was where I watched Galaxy Express 3.9, the movie, for the first time. Uh, and it was also the first time that there was a, uh, anime nudity scene that I had ever encountered. So that really threw me. Um, I shared that God. on Fabicom Dojo recently. I watched well. the first time I ever saw Vampire Hunter D 
uh, I watched it with my mom. Oh my god. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Just like at this one point, they got like the like there's full titties out, and I'm just like, oh god, like with I'm sitting in 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 my parents' family room with my mother. We're watching this movie that I asked to rent. It was at Blockbuster. Younger anime fans will never know the pain of uh, watching Ranma tapes and having your parents come in just in time to see Ranma's tits. There's, a, there's Ranma's tits <laughs> in, like, the second opening. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> That's, I also... Like I, I also just like uh, preyed on timing for my parents coming in when I would be watching a Ranma because like the rest of the Ranma episode would be fine pretty much, but just that one shot of the opening, like the the bath, I think is what it is with the like. I think that, so. Yeah, that still image. Yeah. I don't. It's the second opening. It's like one of the ones I just don't remember very well. I. I well, it's the because the one I remember the best is the Yapapa opening. The yeah, the, the original. Yeah, the the most iconic. Yeah, bye, yeah, bye. That uh, my website in 1996 used to play a MIDI of that. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um. So uh. So um. Speaking of Rumiko Takahashi, the uh, the um first uh season or core, I guess of uh of the Ursa Yatsura remake just wrapped up last week. Oh, okay. I haven't watched it was, that, yeah. I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. Um, there was a lot of love for the source material. Changes that were made were... A lot of the changes were, like, pacing things of flipping up when characters are introduced okay. or uh, introducing particularly funny, gear, funny characters earlier um, so that it's not um, meandering quite as much. So, like... Uh, Mendo is introduced way earlier in in uh, the new anime, um, and I think that's for the better. Uh, they got um, in Japanese anyway. They got an extremely oh, yeah, Mendo, yeah. funny actor to, to voice him. Uh, um, so as a result, like uh, unlike in the manga, like Mendo gets introduced before Ben Ten or Oyuki. Um, God, I've got to, like, uh, it's been it's been probably yeah, like sure. twenty years since I read Ursayatsura manga, so I've got to like my okay. brain is like going back and remembering characters. Like, I, I had the uh, the other advantage of uh, Viz has been putting out a new translation of the manga, and my my wife has been reading it, and then I've been yeah. reading it after she's done with it, and it's well, it's like because I remember the characters, like you know, but it, like you know, if, I, I like I remember, and if, like I just, I just googled and like pulled up the characters, like oh yeah, that guy. Um, like it's like it, like the main cast like you know Ataru Lum Shinobu, um, mm-hmm. like I remember those characters uh, you know very easily you know I remember Sakura like I remember like but I don't remember every character name so like it's like because I you know I was reading manga so it's like you know, yeah right. that guy who's that character type <laughs> I don't always remember the you know and I've read these mangas like. 20 years ago you know i read right, more exactly. than 20 years ago in most cases i read most of the or most of the or say it's or i read was like in the i read most of like a, a bunch of stuff in the 90s and then some in the early 2000s like the like it was all borrowed manga from other people like i had mm. friends who had like these large collections and so i like i but i didn't it means that because i read someone else's large collections even though i read a ton of or like a ton of it i don't 
own it. So I, I've never been able to go back to it. You know what I mean? Uh, no, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. So, so I did guess... they make Ataru's characterization more consistent? Yeah. That's that's um, my main thing because he's like he goes like in those initial like in those initial mo- like uh, issues like in the initial like start of that that story he's like he seems much more like level and then like will just sometimes go weird and then like they like by he got he got flanderized you know what I mean yeah like, no, it gets so much dumber in the like in in like in the early issues of Ursayatra he's very um. Or Ataru is just annoyed. He's a lech, but he's not stupid. He's right. just frustrated. Whereas as the manga continues, he definitely gets dumber. He gets so like, much dumber. And maybe, you know, in canon, you can say it's because he's been electrocuted that many times. But <laughs> <laughs> that's got to gotta affect your mental health at some point. But, um, yeah. Like, cause you um, go to that, that initial story, it's like he's lecherous, but he's also like simultaneously more emotionally serious, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, like he's a much more balanced character in those really early stories, and then he just like they they just play up like what was a like what was a it was a significant part of his character, but it was only part of his character to being like the only part of his character. And I'm wondering how much of that was, like, I can't prove this per se, but, like, part of me wonders if part, if, uh, if at least a part of that was Takahashi reacting to her readership in that, like, I, when I read the first chapter of the manga, like, we go back to whatever, 1978 when it was first published or whatever, I don't get the impression Lum was supposed to be in the comic after that one chapter like she's not in the second chapter yeah and then suddenly she becomes like the she becomes the secondary lead i don't get that impression from the really early parts of the comic oh, i feel like this is supposed to be it's supposed to yeah. it's clearly supposed to be ataru and shinobu's story yeah it's and it's just at the beginning and so popular ataru could... starts out so much more relatable also then, true. Yeah. And then um, it turned into dumb clown, hot girl, and then Shinobu pouting, and then eventually less Shinobu and less Shinobu. <laughs> which is too bad. Shinobu's an excellent character because she's a much needed straight man to a bunch of psychos. Um, yeah. And I don't know the the remake. I think a lot of the decisions they made were good. Not every decision was gold, but um, I'll most of them were animation is beautiful. Um, one of the cutest things they decided to do is there are a lot of subtle nods to other thing, other things that, uh, Rumiko Takahashi has written. Uh, for example, when, uh, whenever they're in English class, uh, the teacher Onsen Mark has the students recite in English plot summaries of other comics by Takahashi. <laughs> so like the the kids will be will be like describing the plot of Ranma. Um or like in the second to last episode there was a joke that made me laugh very hard which was Ataru going uh going up to his room getting out a manga 
the manga is literally Maisani Koku. Oh, God. Like, they make sure you can see the title is Maisani Koku. And as he's looking at it, he uh, says aloud, man, this guy needs to learn how to make up his mind. <laughs> and that killed me. God, I don't know. I thought that was very funny. God, I remember, like, I've read so much Maisani Koku, but I remember forgot so much about it it's it's rumiko's most like, grounded i remember it's like yeah it's it's very like, grounded it's you know it's in the house and like thing blah, 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 and i'm drunk lady whatever um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i mean compared to her other stuff you know there's not aliens or like uh magic ponds or mm. um the uh, lather, rinse, repeat of Magic Boyfriend that I think she's just going to do until she dies now. Thank you, Inuyasha. Um, yeah, yeah. Seriously, that's 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 what she does now. But I can't be upset with her. She's she's like for any gay anime fan from the '90s, Rumiko Takahashi is your aunt. You just whether you realize it or not. She's oh yeah, cool no. Aunt. If, uh, like, if... <laughs> <laughs> Ranma one half is very important. To a lot of people, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very true. Um, I don't know that yeah, that's formative. That was, um, <laughs> it was. no, it really was. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm same. <laughs> I know that's why I said. It. I know. <laughs> um, the other formative one, or speaking of formative anime coming back i had another one that i absolutely loved remake wise this last season uh trigun stampede just ended or at least its first season did they they definitely left it open and basically announced a second season yeah that was really good um uh so the, it was a fully cg anime okay uh, but it's the studio that did Beastars, so it's a studio that knows what they're doing with CG. I've never seen Beastars, so I just have to believe you. Okay, well, Beastars is good. It's um, it's um, really deep and it's really thoughtful. Uh, but it also features horny furries, so it's not going to be for everybody. But it's one of the best uh, anime on Netflix right now. I highly recommend it. If you can deal with horny furries. If you're wondering why I'm bringing that up so much, it's because that is that is the show. The, all of the characters are anthropomorphic animals. Uh, all of them, ha pretty much every named character has a sex life of one type or another. It's a lot, but it's it's that same studio. It's a lot. Trigon Stampede is a lot less horny. I'll say that. Um, uh, and it's it's also interesting because it bucked that weird trend that I'm going to blame on Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, though I'm sure other anime have done this, of if you do a remake, that means you have to make it one-to-one -one with the manga. Uh, and they didn't do that with Trigun Stampede at all. Um, they redesigned a bunch of the... Well, they redesigned all of the characters. They reordered a bunch of the events. Characters have different occupations now, backgrounds. Um, it's... Uh, frankly, the uh, pacing is way tighter than what was in the 90s anime. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's better than the manga, too. 
it's just a really interesting, beautiful show. And if anyone, it's basically, it's also the best argument against people who say CG anime is always going to be inherently bad because the show is just gorgeous to look at any given scene. It's just amazing. And the last episode especially had a probably five minute straight fight scene that was not just choreographed well, but really leaned into the fact that they have digital sets and digital character models so you can move them around like you're shooting a live action scene. Um, And it was it was breathtaking. Okay. And all of that while giving the main character perfect uh, uh, trigger and marksmanship etiquette. So that was kind of cool. Um, no, Trigon Stampede's so good. I, I'm kind of having Trigon brain rot these days. It's it's so good, though. I'm going to be real obnoxious when the second season comes out. <laughs> I didn't have as much to say about that as I thought I would. <laughs> I don't know. It's just really good. Go watch it. It's amazing. Uh, it's it's on Hulu. Okay. So, like, you don't need Crunchyroll. It's on Hulu. Um, the dub brought back uh, Johnny Young Bosch, the original Vash the Stampede. Um, unfortunately, every other character was recast, which does make me pretty sad because yeah. I'm also friends with half of that English cast. <laughs> and all of them deserved, uh, deserved to get more work. But, yeah. Um, it's, it was extremely fun and it, again, it's on Hulu. It's worth everyone's time. Okay. Sorry, for some reason I have the Here's Greenwood theme, like end song, not the opening theme, the end, the end theme going through my head. The one that you named your convention after. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's you like know, that I... over the dun, 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 like just going through, like, I was like. Like, it kicked into my, like, just thinking about, like, old anime. Like, oh, I haven't watched it yet. I've been meaning to. And I don't have an excuse anymore. It was, I got it on a Right Stuff sale, like. Oh, yeah, the what? Right Stuff dub, absolutely. That's what we watched. Okay. Um, we wa- yeah. I've watched it both subtitled and dubbed um, because we watched it on Vink's Laserdiscs. And, uh, yeah, um, yeah, no, we watched it on Vink's Laserdiscs. I, and, and they had, uh, it would have the, the, the dub and the Japanese language as two different audio soundtracks. And then if you watched the, if you wanted to watch the subtitles, you just turned on closed captions. Well, um, that's how you did I that back in the Laserdisc from, days. I, I think that's another thing from early anime fandom, um, that I, I think I you had I, to I'm choose not between I dubs miss. and subs. Yeah, dubs. The dubs and subs debate mattered because, with an exception for Laserdisc, you had to like pick which tape you were going to buy, and the subs were always five dollars more expensive. Ten dollars more expensive. Ten bucks more expensive. Um, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Shit. which uh, was always like, yeah, but it takes less work. Yeah, but you got to pay for the rights to the audio for the Japanese version. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, I remember that, like, that that was when the subs versus dubs debate actually mattered. But also, like, 
when you wanted to get into an anime, you basically needed to know somebody. Yeah. You either you had to pay the exorbitant price for videos that you might be able to get at a comic book shop or if you had a cool video store near you. And other, but other than that, it was a lot like your Dungeons and Dragons group. Only your DM is the person spending that much money on all the books. And oh, it yeah. was kind of the same in early anime fandom is that there was that person yeah. who would buy discs or tapes before discs and either invite people over or lend them out among friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, we would, uh, this guy I was friends with in middle school and high school named Brian Miles, uh, who, <laughs> bought all this stuff and would like lend it to me and like i'd get some stuff and also obviously lend it back you know, lend stuff to him when i'd have things but he he had so much more money than i did like so he would he would buy all this stuff and like that's how i read so much of the manga that i read growing up and i think i think he lent it to me so he'd have someone to talk about it with i absolutely did that with with me i was on the t the i was on the tail end of that, uh, and I was at at Parker High School circa 2006, or like 2005 through 7. Um, I was the person who lent out the original Gundam movies, Samurai Champloo, and Full Metal Alchemist to people. Like, that was one of my quote-unquote claims to fame at the time <laughs> like that very tail end of that being something that people yeah would even want because even then like illegal downloads were becoming more and more of a thing and yeah gradually we started getting uh companies actually figuring out that streaming was worthwhile <laughs> yeah <laughs> And now that's turned into a nightmare where Crunchyroll monopolizes basically everything. Hooray! Yay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of hijacked this and turned so much of it into what was it like to be an anime fan in the late 80s? What do you mean hijacked? I was like, fully I involved. <laughs> I was 100%. This is what happens when Gen's not here. And so, folks... For those we didn't even who... talk about Transformers. That's the we missed an opportunity. <laughs> we did not talk about Transformers. Uh, you mentioned Bumblebee. I did. You did mention did. Bumblebee. It was in That's... there. Um, also, Earthspark is the uh, best non-Star Trek reason to keep your Paramount Plus subscription. It's so freaking good. Oh, I haven't watched it's... that. Oh, it's so good. Uh, Danny Pudi is Bumblebee. Ooh. Alan Tudyk is Optimus Prime. Um. The uh, Megatron is uh, Scottish, um, sad, and suffering of PTSD. He is not the bad guy of the show. Okay. Um, he is trying to, um, he's actually trying to, uh, like, redeem himself. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. It's pretty excellent. Um, I, uh, oh, there's a non-binary Transformer. Uh, and you better believe the people who have been whining why do Transformers have genders in the first place have, for some reason, lost their minds because a Transformer literally doesn't have a gender. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I think uh, uh, last year's April Fool's Short Pact was about that. 
yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, freaking this excellent character, Nightshade. Um, no, it's it's insanely good. And there's only like uh there's only like I want to say like 24 or so episodes right now. Uh oh, Dietrich Bader plays the, the main human bad guy. Uh okay. there's a it's no, like it's an all-star cast. The animation's actually good. Um you have animators who are coming up with um if we're going to do fight scenes with alien robots who can transform their bodies we're absolutely going to lean into that and have like half transformed fight scenes or uh characters figuring out who they are you have young transformers picking their alt modes in a really um gentle-handed allegory about puberty and dealing with that it's just a really uh really 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 good show and more people should be looking at it because it's just it's that rare thing that we have that uh like only things like beast wars and animated have really done that well where they took a cartoon that was probably just meant to sell toys and actually made it about something. And I, I really hope it keeps up this quality because it's pretty amazing so far. There, I did end up talking about Transformers. Good job, Sally. Thank you. <laughs> I'm writing the description of the episode right now, and we're still recording okay, it. Okay, that's... <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, but seriously, no, Earthspark is, like, the best reason to, uh, to uh, other than Star Trek, to keep your Paramount Plus subscription. It's, it's quite good. Um, it's, uh, unlike most of the Michael Bay movies, it's also something that, you, like, you can show to your children, uh, or watch with your children and not feel bad about Sean Orange. Um, so, like, He's not just, listening anymore. He tuned out around Venus Wars. But like, you know what? At some point, I he stopped listening but, the moment we talked about Venus Wars. Maybe the next time <laughs> I'm on, uh, maybe the next time I, I, if I get to like bother the Famicom Dojo live stream again, maybe I will, uh, I will tell Sean to watch uh, Earth Earth Spark with his kids because it's like, it's really good and it is, it is uh, somehow simultaneously both. Um, re, uh, something that you could watch with your kids and not feel bad, but still get a lot out of it yourself, like as a, a grown up watching it, I guess. All right. Um, let's wrap really, this up. Let's do that. Yeah, I've been rambling for a All while. All right. So, Vomithead Steve Challenge, real quick, real quick. Challenge. Challenge. Unaccepted. Um, the Vomithead Steve Challenge part of the show where I read part of a book and the challenge to you listeners guess what book that is that I'm reading from. Um, if you guess correctly, you get included in the Hall of Awesome. Benefits of the Hall of Awesome are as follows. One, we put your name on the website. Two, as long as you're doing this challenge, you get uh, your name listed in the episode. And three, that is it. That is the whole list. All right. <clears throat> the current members of the Hall of Awesome are as follows. Archimide, Zero, Rin and Senti, Cheesy McDamu, Krista, Slytherin D, Shameless Otaku, The Random Ramblings Fan, Corfan, Capito, Chris Graham, Millisaurus, Paper Godzilla, Cavsy, The Minnesota Librarian, Sean Orange, Keith Shuzuo, Sakura Sunset, Joel Christman, Patrick Delahanty, Wonderland Hearts, and Megzi Sass Council. 
And again, this is the final Vomit Head Steve Challenge, this book. It's whenever someone guesses this book, they get this. The first person to guess this book correctly, I and they, if they live in the lower 48 states of the United States, I will ship them the book. Um, so I'm going to literally, literally read the first line that I see here. The Ferengi immediately spring to mind. That is your line. If you know what book that's from, go to nerdandtie.com, click on the contact form, and tell us. And, uh, yeah, that can be your hopeful day. I don't know, man. Uh, if you have anything else you'd like to tell us, too, we, we used to do a mailbag segment back in the day. It sure would be great if we did that again. Um, <laughs> just go to nerdandtie.com, click on the contact form right up top. Um, use a little formy form. Or if you go to the Nerd and Tie page on the website, under our shows, the Nerd and Tie podcast, there's also uh, the comment, the the uh, the mailbag form is on that page too. And tell us what your thoughts are, what your hopes are, what your dreams are, what uh, why we should be more organized when Gen's not around. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, uh, miss Gen. Miss Gen too. <laughs> we have to see when Gen's here. We have to stay on task because we feel bad if we're making Gen listen to us. <laughs> ramble on about this stuff um you know just uh oh yeah you know uh so i guess uh we should probably uh walk us towards the end of the show here um i'm trey dorn i'm celeste star twin remember you can uh subscribe to the show on anywhere that podcasts are found in your real life like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcast, other places. And you can always find subscription links at nerdandtie.com, along with all the other shows on the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network, like uh, Famicom Dojo, which does lots of cool stuff involving Famicoms, but not dojos, oddly enough. They're not here to fight you and take the sign of your Famicom Dojo, they just want to invite you into their Famicom dojo so you can learn at their not really a dojo. I'll, I'll challenge <laughs> Sean and Vink so I can take their sign. Yes. And I just realized what I was referencing with that, and I probably shouldn't have. Okay, moving forward. <laughs> uh, remember, you can follow this show on social media. We're technically at Nerd and Tie on Twitter, and that gets updated automatically from our website, so I guess that's still happening. And we're on Tumblr, nerdandtie.tumblr.com, and we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdandtie. Uh, and uh, remember, you can show, support us financially by sponsoring the show. Uh, nerdandtie.com, click on Sponsor Our Shows right up top, and you can support me financially directly at uh, patreon.com slash t-r-a-e-g-o-r-n. You can support... Celeste at uh, patreon.com slash Celeste is best. And Gen, who's not here, uh, you can buy stuff at Ocelot Dude Designs. I'd ask Gen what's in the shop, but Gen's not here, so Gen can't tell me what's in the shop. So just trust me, it's some neat shit. All right. Um, remember in your hearts, in your minds, in those places that you sit in the darkness late at night, hoping, praying that someone out there is listening. The answer is, we're not. This is a pre-recorded podcast. You're listening to us. That's how this relationship works. And remember, ga-ga-ga, ga-ga-ga, gau-gai-gar. Keep and, on spocking in the free world. And I say, keep on spocking anywhere you can. 
free or not. We're all well, prisoners of our minds. Well, well, brave, unique. I'm, I'm wearing slippers. <laughs>